morning. Scott Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. And uh, there we go. Now I've got some headphone. With me is Jim Shorney. Morning. And sitting over there, out of mic range, but he can yell and still be heard, is Lynn Fisher. Good morning. Go Big Red, right? That's right. <laughs> okay, so now we get round two of playing a football game again today. Last week we tried to play Akron, and the Thunder Gods said, uh-uh. And yeah, the yeah. first time in 128 years of football, we canceled a game at Nebraska because of lightning, because of weather. Yeah. And we play through blazing heat, through snow. We play through rain. We play through um, poor attendance, sold-out attendance. But lightning, of course, yeah, is a lightning no-no. lightning is a no-no. And so, unfortunately, we can't reschedule that game. But so today is going to be the start of the season. But you know what? That's actually hours from now. We got a lot of yeah. time to spend together. Well, the, to... the game day traffic is wrapping up already, so it's it's a good time to stay home if you're not going to the game. Stay home and put KZUM on your radio and just kick back with a cup of coffee. This is our special fundraiser show, and uh, for the last 33 years, I've done this show every fall encouraging people that have listened throughout the rest of the year to get on the phones and call us with a donation 402-474-5086 and the importance of this is because KZUM depends upon you folks out there for its operating budget Uh, they get about 27 percent grant money but the bulk of the rest of that comes from you folks uh, members of this tribe of this community uh, you're listening right now and so you're the folks we're talking to and we'd love to have you join thousands of folks that support KZUM with a donation now uh, what are donation levels for example we'll start at the hundred thousand dollar premium <laughs> no you don't have to do that you know people think you know I can't I can't do all that you don't have to uh, think about what sixty dollars a year costs you per month it's five dollars a month and you spend more in parking meter money than than that i spend more in library fees <laughs> for overdue books than that so sixty dollars a year is a really comfortable amount we've got the 89 dollars and 30 cent level that's the one that i traditionally donate out because that's the also the fm frequency of kzum 8930 um, and for eighty nine thirty, there's this really cool vintage T-shirt that we're going to toss in as well. For the first person that donates sixty dollars or more, we have a ten dollar gift certificate to Indigo Bridge Books. In addition to all the other good stuff that you get, there's a ten dollar gift certificate to Indigo Bridge Books. Make the phone lines ring at four zero two four seven four. 5086 and we'd love to hear from you you're the folks right now that need to do it our goal is fifteen hundred dollars and so you could take fifteen hundred divided by a hundred and that's 15 people you could take it divided by 50 um, and that's uh, what 30 people so we need to get uh, the phone lines ringing and you can be part of that wonderful experience whenever I've 
donated money to a cause, an organization that I really believe in. I hang the phone up and I feel good about that because I really, I feel like I'm making a difference. I know that my money is well spent. It's gonna go towards trying to further their activities, something that I believe in, just like you folks that have been listening now for weeks, months, or years to exploring unexplained phenomena. We're celebrating 40 years of KZUM radio. There's not a lot of stations like this around the world, and it's a unique station for Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm old enough that I remember that when we had this sort of discussion about should we consider an online presence? Is anybody gonna be listening to us online? What is this web thing about, you know? And so now we, we take it for granted. And one of my personal stories that I had uh, in terms of, in fact, it's over there, Jim, uh, in terms of memories of KZUM is it's a wonderful, uh, in fact, oh, here we go, oh, Jim. There it is. Yep. It's a wonderful memory that I've got of my friend, the late Pete Galati from Chicago. So Pete and I met because of a love of uh, vintage antique guitar amplifiers. And uh, he found out I did a program on KZUM. He got intrigued. He began to listen. And then Pete discovered the blues segment that we do Monday through Friday during drive time. And Pete became a listener supporter living in Chicago. And he said, Scott, KZUM has got better blues than any of the Chicago stations. You know, Chicago's wow. supposed to know blues. Pete Galati was a member supporter of KZUM. Eh, he was okay with my program, but he was more, <laughs> more interested in the blues. So well, and that's we're, fine. We're a complete package. When you support exploring unexplained phenomena, you're supporting all sorts of other great endeavors here. So be one of the thousand. Pick up the phone and call us at 402 474-5086. And we'd love to hear from you. 402-474-5086. Hey, Jim, who's first up today? Charlene from the Capital Humane Society with lots of good pets for us. You know, I bet if I punch the right buttons, I bet she's going to be right there. I'll bet. Good morning. Gosh, hey. She was messing with us there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Charlene, how are things at the Capital Humane Society? Oh, things are going good. We're really busy. We're having our phone-a-thon here. We've had our dog walkers come in and get all the dogs out. Our staff are busy feeding and uh, cleaning, so it's a busy start. Okay, uh, Capital Humane Society and the Exploring Unexplained Phenomena Program, we forged this relationship many, many years ago. And, Charlene, we're in the middle of a fundraiser for nonprofit, non-commercial KZUM ourselves. And whenever I do this segment, Pet Talk, during our fundraiser, I always think about the remarkable, late and great Dorothy Bush. Dorothy made donations to KZUM because we did Pet Talk. She was an animal rights supporter she founded the uh, Bush uh, Mickel Spay Neuter Foundation, very, very active in promoting quality care for animals. And so whenever we did this segment, the phone would ring and it would be Dorothy calling in mm -hmm. with a donation because of Pet Talk. So Charlene, we appreciate our relationship with you. There's thousands of people out there listening. It's always my hope that these people hear about uh, fun dogs and cats for adoption 
because I know the difference it's made in my life having Mac the good dog. So who do you want to start out with today? Uh, we can start out with dogs. Let's do that then. So we have some great dogs available, and we're going to start with Murphy. And Murphy is a nine-year-old Silky Terrier Poodle Mix, a very happy little guy, just 14 pounds, uh, wants very much to find a home with kind people who will provide proper care, give him daily walks, plenty of attention. He seems okay with other dogs, so might make a fine friend for a little dog you have at home. Now, every time I hear Murphy, I think of Murphy's Law, but uh, with this dog, <laughs> there's no association there. Everything will go right if you adopt this dog. <laughs> yeah, surf with Murph. He's a great dog, and he's mm -hmm. waiting for you. His picture's up at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. Murphy and... Next up is Sarge. And Sarge is a very handsome boxer mix, about six months old, so has plenty of growing to do. Um, a happy dog, looking for mm. a home with people who have time to provide training and exercise. Um, again, he's young, so he needs people who can provide him with direction, but he is a smart dog and ready to be your best companion friend. Yeah, I love that name. Hey, Sarge, come here. Uh-huh. Give me a beer out of the fridge, would you? <laughs> great looking dog very intelligent look on his face there and boy is he ready for action sarge's picture is, is up at capitalhumanesociety.org so we've got two great dogs murphy and sarge and then there's next up is Allie, and she's a four-year-old spade female lab mix about 50 pounds she's mostly black with that little gray on her muzzle very distinguished looking uh, loves people, loves to get out to explore, will love a home where she gets plenty of attention, some belly rubs, proper care. Uh, she hopes to be a welcome new member of your family. Oh, I love, I love that picture. What a great picture uh, of Allie. What a pretty dog. Yes. Yep, she really, looks so loyal. Really happy, and she's just waiting for somebody to say, I want to be your buddy for life, and let's go mm -hmm. out and walk twice a day. And, <laughs> yeah, Mac and I get out and uh, we do our daily walk that's about 10 blocks and uh, we enjoy it. We've got the last part of that walk is a steep climb up a hill. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good way for us to get exercise and boy, he sure appreciates that. Um, Murphy, Sarge and Allie, three great dogs uh, and you're open today and tomorrow. We are. Our Pylock Pet Adoption Center is open from 11 to 5.30 on Saturday and Sunday. Beautiful, beautiful cats. I'm looking at the page here with the cats and kittens for adoption. Uh, and I don't know, with all these great choices, how do you even pick the, the three cats? I know. It is hard. We have so many beautiful felines right now. I was going to start with Jacob, and I think he might be our oldest uh, cat in adoption so he deserves to be spotlighted he is 13 he's a Maine Coon a neutered male um, kind of a silvery coat he is front declawed and looking wow. for a great and safe indoor only home that is a beautiful cat uh-huh and Maine Coons are kind of a kind of a unique breed they're uh, uh, maybe a little more on the wild side, but they're a lot of fun and uh, very, very robust, sturdy cats. Right. Yeah, Lynn, this picture we're looking at here, uh, this picture of the Ma uh, Maine Coon cat, Jacob, 
the cat's eyes are open about as wide as he can get them. And so the, uh -huh. the photographer has got something that Jacob is really focused on. <laughs> Whoa. Look at that beautiful cat. And he, Jacob. He's, he's fluffy, but perhaps a little bit less fluffy than the typical Maine Coon. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. He's not quite as large, but mm -hmm. he, yeah, he, he is a bigger cat and just has a really nice personality. Wow. So if you're looking for a Maine Coon, there you go. Is it, um, our cat's starting to get fluffy like that. And we're sitting here wondering, like, does, does he... Does he have Maine Coon ancestry, or was, or is he part well, wild never cat? Know. I don't know. He's he's kind of getting those tufts on his. I had a, I had a Maine Coon uh -huh. mix that was a short hair variety, and and there are short haired variants. Oh, interesting. Jacob is our first cat. Jacob is joined by <clears throat> Myla, and Myla's gorgeous. She's two years old, a domestic short hair. She is front declawed also, so also looking for a safe and loving indoor-only home. Um, her picture, she just looks so striking, kind of the muted tortoise shell colored, mm -hmm. uh, big eyes, white whiskers, <laughs> a beautiful, That's, beautiful uh, cat. M-Y-L-A, Myla. Mm-hmm. Beautiful cat. A safe indoor-only home is requested for Myla. Uh, beautiful markings, and again, she is looking intently at the photographer and or the toy or treat that's being flashed back and forth. Jacob, Myla, and our third cat is? Spud. <laughs> Spud is a Siamese. He is a flame point Siamese, so he has the orange oh, wow. flame point markings, big blue <laughs> eyes, about a year old. A feisty fella looking for a kid-free home and a cat-savvy owner. Now, say the name again. Spud. Okay, and you're spelling that? S-P-U-D. I'm sorry I have a cold. It might be a little hard <laughs> to understand me today. Okay, gotcha. Look at that inquisitive look on his face and those beautiful pale blue eyes. Mm -hmm. What a gorgeous cat. Clear at the bottom. Yep, middle. got yep. it. There you go. I, I actually think that one of the uncles that I have has nicknames is Spud. <laughs> yeah, I thought I heard Bud, and then I thought I heard Fud. So I, <laughs> I, I like Spud. S-P-U-D, Spud. Yes. Two cats are better than one. Uh, so Jacob, Myla, and Spud, their pictures are up uh, at the website, capitalhumanesociety.org. And, Charlene, give us hours open today and tomorrow. Our Pylock Pet Adoption Center is open today and tomorrow from 11 to 5.30. Okay, good luck with your phone-a-thon out there, Charlene. Thank you so much for our continuing relationship. Sure. Thank you so much for all you do, and I agree with you. It feels good to, 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 to support a cause that you believe in, so I hope your uh, fundraiser is very, very successful. It deserves to be. Okay, my friend, feel better, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye-bye. That cold thing is going around, I know. <clears throat> uh, on top of that, it's ragweed season, so. <laughs> Scott Colborn with Jim Shorty and Colleen. We've got Lynn Fisher over here answering phones. Our goal is 1,500. We'd love to hear from you. And make those phone lines ring. How do you do that? Call us at 402 Four seven four five zero eight six. You know when I when I give that phone number repeatedly, what I'm hearing in my mind is my my late mother Gentry Colborn. 
that after one of these fundraisers, I'd go over to have lunch with her, and she'd say, well, you did pretty good, but you didn't give the phone number enough. Mm-hmm. You expect people just to remember that immediately? you got to tell on that number again and again, Scott. So at the, at the request of the late and great Gentry Colborn, 402-474-5086. We had, um, Lynn, we had meetings before we did this fundraiser, and they asked us the question about what's a favorite or funny memory that you have from hosting the program? And so I've got a treasure trove, but one of the things I thought about was a humorous morning where the original co-host, Ray Boucher, and I were at 10th and Q in one of the former locations. This was a brick building. The bricks were set sideways as they were laid, so the front of the building that faced 10th Street was a foot and a half thick, and there was no air conditioning. So during the summer, that front would heat up like a Dutch oven and just radiate heat into that. So I I would go down dressed as skimpy as possible and be about dripping wet when I walked Mm -hmm. out of there. Well, needless to say, Ray Boucher and I were down there one morning, and we become aware that there is a shrine parade taking place outside. So spur of the moment, with Ken Ringline's help, we strung microphone cables together from the air studio all the way out to the corner of 10th and Q. And Ray Boucher and I stood out there and did live commentary on and about the parade. And we were having a lot of fun. We had probably too much fun for some listeners because we had people that then called in and complained about what we were saying about the Shriners and the Shrine Parade. Mm -hmm. And then we had people that called in and (laughs) complained about the complainers that were calling in. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, At that same corner, years later, Hardy Home and I had had a battle of the bands on a favorite group trying to encourage people to to pledge and donate and to vote for their favorite group. I had picked the Rolling Stones and Hardy Home, Strawberry Fields Forever, Mr. Home, hardly home, but uh, he supported the Beatles. And the Beatles that first year won. He'd gone down to the zoo bar the night before and apparently encouraged I won't say bought drinks for but encouraged people to call in (laughs) and uh, so the the deal was the winner got to throw a pie in the face of the also ran so he actually did that at the corner of 10th and Q what what kind of pie was it banana cream banana cream (laughs) I hope you like banana cream so I did for several days I've got lots of, of great memories of hosting this show Uh, over the last we're almost at 34 years now Mm -hmm. and I have talked with so many of you out there both live as well as when I meet you on the street when I exchange email with you we appreciate you being out there Uh, this is a a time of the year now during our fall fundraiser where you can return that appreciation love to KZUM Uh, this is not a commercial radio station it's a nonprofit, non-commercial, independent station. And we depend upon you folks out there for the operating budget, and it's about 72, 73% of our budget. So KZUM is a unique radio station. 
The Exploring Unexplained Phenomena program that you're listening to right now uh, is the world's longest-running paranormal talk radio program. And we'd appreciate your support. We're raising $1,500, and you can join that happy crowd by calling us at 402-474-5086. We have a free archive that -hmm. goes back to 2005, and we have a a maintained archive through the present-day programs. So there's a lot of benefit that we give people when... You listen to the show and you want to listen to a past program, there's not a membership fee, there's not a uh, robe that you have to wear, you don't have to face a certain direction and push a button on your computer. It's all given to you uh, as a benefit of your support of exploring unexplained phenomena. So I don't know what 2005 is from, that's 13 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got 13 years out of the 33 years, we got 13 years of archives, and there's a well over a thousand hours, I think, of programming there. Uh, some of the people we've had on that have been notable over the years, we've had some of the late and greats. Some folks are still alive and kicking. We've had some folks that we've interviewed over the years that have passed, and I've had some memorable shows with people. There was one day at the 10th and uh, o street location at the top of the terminal building that was a fun fun radio station and a location because we had these great windows we could look out and lynn on a football saturday like this we could look out those north windows and see clear out there on i-80 and 180 mm-hmm. coming coming into town the steady stream of cars just was incredible and when they put up the big Husker Vision screen, we had a great view of that. Yeah, you yeah. can. When, when, when we were doing the show at the 10th floor of the terminal building during a football game, when there was a huge play and the crowd reacted, you could feel the concussion through the glass in the air studio. You know, you would mm-hmm. sort of jerk your head up like, what was that? Oh, that's the crowd over there at Memorial Stadium. It was impressive. Um, one of those shows, I had a gentleman on whose specialty was the alien presence on planet Earth and underground alien bases. So about halfway into the broadcast, I said, tell me about your research into these underground bases and the alien presence on planet Earth. I just clapped my hands because right at that utterance, the transmitter went off the air. And Marty Wells, then station manager, came in and said, you know, with a hand across the throat, shrugging, we're off the air, don't know why. I was uh, tape recording the program, so I continued the conversation. And uh, Bob Momquist was the lead engineer. He was listening to the program, he heard the signal go off the air, so he jumped in the car and came down, and he manually restarted the program with about five minutes left. So I completed the program, And then at the end of my air shift, I grabbed Bob and took him into a production studio and recorded a short interview. And I said, Bob, what just happened? And he said, well, we had the transmitter that went off the air and we, you know, we lost power. Bob, what made the transmitter go off the air? So he ticked through potential things that could have caused that transmitter. He said, it could have been a power tube. It was a tube-powered transmitter. Mm -hmm. 
And if there was a tube that was failing, a protection circuit would have sensed that because of the voltage and taken it offline. Well, that inside of that tube, having almost gotten molten, would basically reheal as it resolidified and allow an operation for a short period of time once it was kicked on. If it was a bad tube or tubes, we'd know that very quickly because that tube would fail again and again and again until mm -hmm. finally it wouldn't go any longer. Well, that transmitter operated for about 18 months without any problem at all. So I knew it wasn't a tube component. Then he said somebody or something could have interrupted the power momentarily. It could have been a power surge or a drop in power. Mm -hmm. But he said, Scott, you would notice that because everything in the studio would have blinked. You would have dimmed equipment. Some of our rack-mounted stuff, including my uh, tape recorder, would have quit working because there was no power for it momentarily. <clears throat> and I said, Bob, we never noticed anything like that. Then he said, well, somebody could have come into that transmitter room because we had to leave it unlocked for the uh, firemen in case of fire, and they could have manually turned it off, turned it back on, and that would have been enough to take the transmitter, of course, off the air. And then he looked at me and said, the fourth alternative is that somebody or something interrupted the transmitter from a far distance. So I scratched my chin and I said, hmm, that was interesting. So we don't know why. We know that it did happen. We know the transmitter operated for 18 months. Uh, was somebody or something trying to send a message upon that utterance, alien bases and underground alien presence and ETs on Earth? Or was it just pure happenstance and things just happened to line up like that? That's one of the curiosities that we explore on the program. We are exploring unexplained phenomena after all. Our main guest coming up here in about eight minutes is the one and only Andrea Perrin. And she's got a lot to say. You're going to love her uh, unequivocally. Uh, she's a woman who says what she feels. You always know what, what uh, she thinks, what her position is, because she's going to come out and tell you. Uh, very articulate, and she's a, a dear friend of mine. So she, she joins us here in about eight minutes. There is time for you to call in and break the ice as your call of support will be an icebreaker, 402-474-5086. That first call of support on a fundraiser morning is sort of like, you know, the band is playing and the guys are looking at the gals across the dance floor and then finally somebody gets up and walks over and invites somebody to dance and then suddenly everybody's dancing. So your first call, that could be very, very important to help get things going for the energy here. 402-474-5086. We'd love to hear from you. 402-474-5086. And that first $60 or greater pledge gets that $10 gift certificate to Indigo Bridge Books. We'll be right back with more Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. I'll give you an idea, too, of, of who's coming up here. Boy, do we have a fall coming up on Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Stay right there. We'll be right back.
Hi, dudes and dudettes. It's Carol Griswold from Women's Blues and Boogie on your community radio station, 89.3 FM, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for KZUM comes from the Nebraska Recycling Council, helping to protect the natural environment and extend the life of our landfill, reminding Lincoln and Lancaster County that corrugated cardboard will not be accepted at the landfill. For more on recycling services and area drop-off sites, nrcne.org or 402-436-2384. My name is Jason Varga. I'm the executive director of Cause Collective. So I've been listening to uh, KGM for almost 40 years, believe it or not. My stepdad, when I was young, had a show and he brought me on. So my first experience was, was really fun. I was, of course, shy to say something, but we did, uh, I think we did a little PSA for, for KGM. And that was, that was near 40 years ago. Um, about three years ago, Cause Collective started a wonderful partnership with KZUM and um, we're able to have our own show on there, uh, which helps our members, other nonprofits, agencies, uh, educate the community and the listeners uh, about what's going on in Lincoln. So that's been a great partnership. And I think if there were no KZUM, uh, Lincoln would be much worse off. You know, it's, it's, it's proven throughout the years, the many years it's been around, the, its effectiveness and with the, the number of listeners that tune in and I hear each week say how, how much they like not just the music but learning about the community and all the, the variety of music and the emphasis with local music. It's, a, it's just invaluable what uh, the listeners in Lincoln are getting. This is Jason Varga encouraging you to give to KZUM now at kzum.org or 402-474- 5086 extension 1 This program is made possible in part by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting Please support KZUM with your gift now at 402-474-5086 extension 1 or online at kzum.org your financial support today is a statement that you value the independent, volunteer-driven media in Lincoln. In a world where a handful of large corporations own about 90% of all radio, TV stations, and newspapers, organizations like KZUM work to preserve community voices. But that doesn't happen without you. Please call 402-474-5086, extension 1, or by donating at kzum.org. That number again is 402-474-5086. Uh, Harriet McNeely just sent me a, a notice saying that the Crossroads of America Bigfoot Museum, the grand opening in Hastings, Nebraska, is Wednesday, September 12th. And uh, that's Harriet McFeely. For more information, you can call Harriet at 402 seven zero five zero 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 i kid you not that's the phone number four oh two seven zero five zero 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 harriet mcfeely the crossroads of america bigfoot museum that'll be located at 1205 east 42nd street in hastings 
and it opens Wednesday, September 12th at 10.30 a.m. Okay, we've got some great programs coming up for you. Uh, I began keeping a, a computer list in 1998 of the programs that we have done. So I've got about 20 years now of, of uh, data on my computer, and there is 13 years beyond that that I'm sure I've got on paper at various places and files in my basement filing cabinets. So over the last 33, now almost 34 years, we've had a chance to, well, you could take um, 34 times 50, subtract maybe a couple during the year that we didn't have guests, and that's the number of shows we've done, so about 1,500. Uh, coming up, we have got next week Calvin Parker, uh, Pasc Pascagoula, the closest encounter of my story. So Calvin Parker and uh, Charles Hickson were fishing on a levee in Mississippi and had this incredible UFO close encounter. We'll talk to Mr. Parker next week about his brand new book and about his experience. Lynn Robinson coming up two weeks from today, Loving to the End and On, A Guide to the Impossibly Possible. Yep, you heard that right, Loving to the End and On. The 29th, we've got our old friend Paula Harris, and Paula's going to be talking about the upcoming UFO Symposium, November 2nd through the 4th in Laughlin, Nevada. I'm going to be there. Uh, in Laughlin. We're going to do a live remote broadcast of the show from there. It's a lot of fun, so we'll have a lot of UFO stuff to talk about. October 6th, the one and only Dr. Raymond Moody and Lisa Smart will be talking about the University of Heaven. Dr. Moody, of course, is the famous author of Life After Life, Glimpses of Eternity, and Lisa's been on the program before, uh, the author of Words at the Threshold. Uh, the 20th, we have our friend Carol Fleet. She's got a brand new book, Loss is a Four-Letter Word, a Bereavement Boot Camp for the Widowed. The November 3rd, I'm going to be in uh, Laughlin, Nevada. And what about October 27th? I skipped over that. Oh, yeah, that's the ghost story show that we always do that. Jim, you should like that, Colleen, yeah. our ghost story show. That's always a lot of fun. You know, we've got guests um, all the way up through December 22nd. So I'm starting to actually book mm -hmm. guests for 2019. Is there going to be a 2019? Yep. Yeah, because I've seen the calendars printed already. Yeah, it's, so it's already there. They wouldn't waste the, the ink and the paper if there wasn't going to be a 2019. That's, that's right. 402-474-5086. Why would you want to support KZUM? Um, if you've been listening for months or years, like my friend Randy Voppel, um, you know why. It's a place that you show up every week that you listen to the guests. Um, sometimes you find it challenging. Sometimes you find it humorous. Sometimes, hopefully, you find it interesting. But you're listening every week, and it becomes kind of a habit. Uh, we'd love to have your support because we're nonprofit and non-commercial. We don't get uh, uh, money from advertising. So the way that you do that is that we have this fall fundraiser. 
and we make it an opportunity for you to show us some love and support by calling us at 402-474-5086 and you'll select one for the Air Studio and then give us your pledge. So this is the Fall Fun Drive and it's the only show this fall where you can actually donate to KZUM and Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've got membership levels at 60. We've got the $89.30 level with that vintage throwback t-shirt, the $120 level, $150. I'd love to have uh, two or three more people at that $89.30 level. We've got Mr. Anonymous and Randy that have pledged so far, so we're at $178.60 and our goal is $1,500. Make those phones ring. We'd love to hear from you at 402-474-5086. My friend Andrea Perron is our main guest today. And Andrea and I met several years ago. Uh, she's been a guest on the program, written a trilogy of books called House of Darkness, House of Light. And she's got a brand new book that she is just finishing, quite literally, as we're speaking. Um, I love talking to Andrea because we can ask her questions and she has got a response for her. She's not afraid to tell us how she feels. Well, let's start off with an easy question. Andrea, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm marvelous. Oh, it's so great to be with you and Jim. And you know, this is a, a real pleasure for me. It's so wonderful to be with people who are really knowledgeable about the field um, that we can explore in-depth conversation. Uh, it's uh, a real treasure for me. You are in my life. And uh, Andrea, you are in Florida, correct? Well, right now I'm in Georgia. Okay, good. Uh, I'm up uh, just west of Atlanta with my mother and my sisters. Uh, everybody pretty much lives in the same area, so uh, we get to see quite a lot of each other, and it's uh, a real blessing. It's wonderful. Are you okay um, both for Florida had, and, and Georgia in terms of the, the hurricane that's moved up through there? Are you, everybody okay? Um, well, it hasn't really moved in yet. Uh, Gordon went to the west of where my home is in Winter Garden, Florida, mm -hmm. which is kind of just northwest of Orlando. So it's really centrally located in the peninsula. Um, we took a real hit with Irma. Uh, it was That was an amazing storm, but um, Gordon... Uh, cut south and then went up, so there was a lot of rain, but um, really just the outer band. Uh, but there are there's a line of it's like they've lined up <laughs> to uh -huh. you know this flotilla of uh, hurricanes out in uh, the huge ocean that are building and building, and they're all uh, taking aim for uh, the continental United States, or at least so it appears. Mm -hmm. So I guess all we can do is keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best. I don't ever want to live through another hurricane like that. We had sustained 110 to 120 mile an hour winds for about six hours. Wow. And I thought the roof was just gonna come flying off the house. I really did. Many roofs probably did. That's a lot of impact. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it was bizarre. Andrea, you've been a guest on the program before, and we talked uh, on several occasions about your trilogy of books, House of Darkness, House of Light. 
Uh, it reminds me that when you wake up every day, you look at the world around you because of your past experience a little bit differently than a lot of your neighbors and folks around you because you've experienced the light and the dark. Yes, that's true. And I think that the only way that I would amend your statement is to say that I look at the world in a much different way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, it's not big picture, it's bigger, it's biggest. It's, uh, I look at the, the world as uh, part of uh, a whole that we cannot truly comprehend or encompass in our minds. You know, the universe uh, and the way that we interact and interrelate with it and the beings in it and the other dimensions where spirit abounds. Um, uh, it's, there's a lot of uh, uh, thinning, as it were, in terms of people's perception, that self-imposed veil uh, that doesn't really exist. And yet, you know, those of us that are perfectly content living in a three-dimensional, five-sensory realm uh, pretty effectively tune out the rest of it. Well, when you've grown up the way I did um, in, for 10 years in a house that was brimming with spirit activity, with, you know, for lack of a better word, ghosts, um, it is uh, very illuminating, very eye-opening, particularly third eye-opening. And once you see something like that, you can't ever unsee it or unknow it or unlearn that there's something beyond our mortal existence. Mm -hmm. And with that knowledge comes a certain responsibility, but it also, you know, a human mind expanded does not contract. And once it's opened like that and you're able to see uh, in other realms and other dimensions, uh, light beings, um, ships in the sky, you know, with ease, it's once you live like that and that's how you live, I would, I would venture to guess it's very different than mm -hmm. how most people live. And I, I wonder in that same vein, because you've awakened to this deeper reality, does that in turn light up a bulb or a light over your house that spirits as well as visitors from other places that may be planets or dimensions, they see the light on and say, oh, there's, there's Andrea, she's home. Let's go check her out. Uh, can, can, <laughs> are you in a sense a beacon that the energy that you're radiating, uh, do they pick up on that? Yes. Yes, particularly uh, the extraterrestrials. So hanging I've out with you would felt. be an interesting weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I think they find it so, yes. Uh, and they certainly do. Uh, uh, they certainly keep my life very interesting. They're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel what, what I write about in my new book. Um, I'm just, you know, putting plugging in photographs now, doing a little bit more layout. Uh, in another few days, this goes to print. Um, I will be, you know, perfectly satisfied with uh, the final product, which took about two months start to finish. Uh, I've never uh, completed a project in such a short amount of time, but 
it poured out of me. And, you know, I a lot of people do say that I'm a beacon, that I, you know, I am the light. And, you know, that's all very nice and I appreciate it. But I think of myself more as a, a conduit, as an open vessel, um, especially since my sister passed away. I, you know, I only thought that I was a, a loving, giving, compassionate human being until I lost someone so important to me mm-hmm. that um, it, uh, it, it busted me wide open in a way that I, I look at humanity and love humanity in a, in a, a much deeper way now, I think, because mm-hmm. I have lost something so precious. And yet she's around me and she's around us all the time. Um, it's uh, a great comfort yes. to be able to, and I don't know if I hadn't grown up the way that I did, if I would know that it was her, if I would feel her and sense her being and and have see manifestations of her, if I didn't, if I hadn't already been so exposed and so open to the phenomenon that uh, it was really second nature to me. It's my reality. It's my, it's, I don't think of it as paranormal. I think of it as normal, as natural, not supernatural. Uh, it's just a part of life. I have like a, having to travel so much is a part of life. Andrea, I have a late friend uh, who was a Lakota medicine man, and uh, his uh-huh. Indian name was Three Eagles. His Anglo name was Ken Bordeaux. And I loved yeah. one of his quotes that just echoed what you just said. Um, Three Eagles would say, what's so super about natural? Yeah. Hey, tell me how your family's doing. You, you lost a sister. Our, our condolences to you again and your family. Thank how is you. your mother and your, and your other sisters doing? Uh, everybody's doing well. Um, it, mom always does better when I'm here. She's, uh, just naturally happier and more, uh, buoyant, more active, more, uh, hungry. You know, she loves when I cook for her. I'm, <clears throat> if I must say so myself, quite a cook. And, um, she, uh, has her favorite things. I gotta let the dog in. So, uh, it's been, it's always a good visit. And because, October is like paranormal Christmas, and I'll be leaving in about 10 days or two weeks um, on an extended trip to Michigan with several events and then, uh, you know, making the rounds, doing my whole October thing and up to Pittsburgh and up to New Hampshire and and here and there and Vail, Colorado and Utah. And, oh, my gosh, I've got a lot of traveling to do in the next six, eight weeks. So this is my one opportunity to spend time with her and step mm-hmm. away from the computer and just go have coffee and relax and enjoy the beautiful weather. It's been lovely while I've been here. So um, this is my second home. I really, I just move between my father and my mother. Um, even though my primary residence is in Florida, uh, it's every chance I get, I come to Georgia because it's uh it's integral to our family and our bonding and, and uh, it's always established. It's not a need to reestablish anything, but uh, just the pure enjoyment of spending time together. It is uh, a truly a, a pure presence when we're in each other's arms. It's a wonderful thing. I love it. 
I enjoyed so much meeting your father, Roger. Uh, he just had a birthday. So happy birthday, he Roger. Did. And uh, tell yeah, me again he just his... Turned 83. I was just going to say, if you, if you met uh, Andrea Perrin's father, Roger, you would not guess that he's 83. Um, I, I like, you know, in many ways, you and your dad are a lot alike because I can ask no, either... No, 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 I mean that as a compliment now because I can ask either one of you how you feel about something and you'll tell me. And mm-hmm. I always appreciate that. I, I appreciate people that uh, are able to uh, equivocate positions and to talk about it. And uh, I enjoyed hanging out with your father. So be sure and give him my best. Uh, I will. I, I just will. Had... And my mom just had a birthday, too. She just turned 79. Dad just turned oh, 83. Happy and birthday. I feel so blessed to have both of them. Uh, and, you know, for us to have been able to get together through the worst loss of any of our lives, you know, and, and to be able to, uh, in a way, it, it was actually healing. I mean, my mom and dad, you know, it's no secret that they've not gotten along since their divorce 35 years ago and uh, didn't get along 10 years before that mm-hmm. when we lived in the farm. And, and dad doubted what she was saying to him, what she was telling him was happening in the house. And it created a chasm between them that. Uh, you know, he, he really couldn't make amends for. It was like too little too late when he finally admitted, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something really going on in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, she had kind of emotionally uh, vacated the premises uh, in terms of her relationship with him, and all of her focus was on her kids. Um, so, you know, it when April passed away, there was a real healing that occurred between my mother and my father. And... Um, you know, you've met my dad. You know, I'm sure you can imagine that my father can be a difficult personality, that he's a very smart, very complicated person. Yep. Um, and he has uh, an opinion about everything, whether it's well-founded or not, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> whether there's any information behind it or not, other than something he might have heard along the way. So, you know, that aside, um, he's got a, a, a really good heart. And he's, you're right, he's just uh, honest. Mm-hmm. We, not, neither of us polyurethane or varnish anything. And he's, it's, he's uh, very... It's not that there's no filter. It's just we're both inherently honest people and we'll answer your questions instantly. Your, your dad um, is very protective of you. Uh, he's uh, mm-hmm. uh, wants the best for you. Uh, folks... Uh, if the name Andrea Perron, P-E-R-R-O-N, if that isn't familiar, a lot of you have seen a movie called The Conjuring. Okay, this movie was based on the books House of Darkness, House of Light that were authored by Andrea Perron. The situation that the Perron family found themselves in, in this farmhouse, and what they experienced over years of occupancy uh, if you were to pick a paranormal hotspot in the USA, that certainly would have been in the top five. And so she writes about that in those books. I'm holding up my phone so my producers, Colleen and Jim, can see. This is the brand new book that you're working on, uh, and it's called A Wonder to Behold. 
uh, Guideposts for Intergalactic Engagement with Humanity. And when we come back after the top of the hour break, can we talk about some of these guideposts and the why behind writing the book? Yes. This is Andrea Perrin. And her website is houseofdarknesshouseoflight.com. You'll also find her on Facebook, A-N-D-R-E-A, last name Perrin, P-E-R-R-O-N. I'm Scott Colborn, and you guessed it. This is Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. We're in the middle of the annual fall fundraiser. Um, Lynn, did you get somebody else that called in? What's the first name? Well, we've got uh, Lisa called in. Kate, Lynn says that Lisa called in. And, uh, of course, got Randy. Got Randy. And then Robert also called in, and they both pledged. And Lisa got the Negro Bridge certificate. Lisa, okay, Lisa got the Indigo Bridge gift certificate. Way to go, Lisa. And is that Robert? Is his last name Pribble? Mr. Pribble, all right. Always great to hear from you. Why don't you guys take that over and get those figures from Lynn, if you would. And Robert, I hope that I can see you this October on one of the things that I do. You should go along again. I think you're going to have fun. So we've got some fine folks that have called in at 402-474-5086. We'd love to hear from you. Colleen, before I go to the top of the hour break here, mm -hmm. uh, tell us why you're here spending time at the radio station helping produce this program. You could be doing anything. <laughs> so, and maybe because of telling folks why you're here, maybe we can get to why they should support this. Uh, I'll just be honest and say that uh, I started listening um, to KZUM probably around 2008 when we first moved here to Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, I wonder, one day she was like, I wonder if that guy is still doing that radio show <laughs> that in the guy. morning. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know who you're talking about because we're driving down the highway. Um, heading down uh, down towards Beatrice, and she was like, "Yeah, there's this guy on in this radio on this radio station that talks about like all the stuff you're interested in, UFOs and aliens and ghosts and everything." And I was like, "Really? They have that here in Nebraska?" They do. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, "Yeah, we'll look. We'll look. This, this should be about the time." So we were scanning through the radio station, and then then Scott came on, and Mom was like, "Yeah, that's him. Me and my dad always listened to him." And you know, my grandfather's <laughs> since passed, but um, God bless my you. my grandfather was one of your biggest fans. Oh, thank so, you. I'm honored. So so, uh, a couple years ago, was it 2013, 2014? somewhere around there it was winter time you put up that whole we need a new producer thing and i was like you know what i haven't seen anyone ap um, applying i turned 18 in february i'm gonna mm -hmm. submit this paper thing and boom here i am <laughs> and uh, i i hope that your that your love of art 
keeps growing because you are a fantastic artist, Colleen. And sometimes we see sketches that you do down here and knowing my limited capabilities that I have, I look and marvel at what you do. So, And it's remarkable, her hands being... Thank you for honoring me with your comments about your grandfather. Yeah, and and I'm sure if he was you know, still here with us, he would mm -hmm. still be listening. Mm -hmm. so. so we, we the this, this show loves curious people. One of my taglines that I try to sign a lot of my emails with is stay curious. And we don't have to have solved the mystery to benefit by being curious because being open-minded and curious allows you to experience a lot of things in new, fresh ways. You're open for other ways of knowing. And it's the curious that we're speaking to every Saturday morning. Folks like yourselves, we'd love to hear from you at 402-474-5086. We're gonna take the top of the hour break and be back with our special guest my friend, Andrea Perron, there is nobody else like her. Um, thanks to Randy, Mr. Anonymous, Lisa, and Robert. We have raised $367.90. Um, our goal is $1,500, so we have about $1,133 roughly to go. Uh, that seems like a lot, but we keep on getting the $89.30 pledges the $100, $120 pledges, the 60s, it's all going to add up. So keep Lynn Fisher busy over here. Um, he doesn't need my high-octane coffee. He's got himself plugged into another source, but he's ready to talk to you. We're at 402-474-5086. That number once again, in memory of my late mother, Gentry, 402 474 5086. We thank you very much for your donation. Stay tuned for more with our special guest, Andrea Perrin. Hi, dudes and dudettes. Carol Griswold from Women's Blues and Boogie on your community radio station, 89.3 FM, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for KZUM comes from family-owned and operated Butheris Mason and Love Funeral Home at 40th and A Streets in Lincoln offering services that allow families to plan ahead according to personal wishes, chapel facilities to accommodate all faiths, and grief support materials for the family following a service. More information is available at 402-488-0934 and online at bmlfh.com. Over 40 years on the air, KZUM has evolved in many ways as technology, tastes, the times, and our community have changed. For those four decades, listeners have generously kept KZUM on the air and ensured the growth necessary for an organization like this to navigate those changes. It's hard to say what the future media landscape or continued growth in our city will bring, but one thing is certain. With your help this week, the station will be in a great position to continue thriving along with our community. Please help sustain KZUM now by calling 402 
474-5086, extension 1, or donating at kzum.org. with exploring unexplained phenomena. We love it when those phones ring. Keep them going, 402-474-5086. Lisa reminded me to pass along to you that some of these payments we're talking about, like the 120 a year, 150 a year, you can do monthly payments and make it very, very convenient. We'll set that up so that you can basically take that out we automatically deduct it from the checking account, bingo. And so uh, 120 a year, that's $10 a month. We can set that up for you, no problems at all. 402-474-5086. We'd love to hear from you. Make those phones ring, 402-474-5086. Our special guest today during this unique program is Andrea Perrin and Andrea, I again appreciate you on many, many different levels. You are just finishing this book, and yet you're finding time to be with us this morning. Thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It is. You know, I kind of introduced it to the world a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was um, with my father. Uh, He comes up every year to the Michigan, Upper Peninsula, Michigan Paracon with me. And it was great to have a thousand people sing happy birthday to him all at once. That was fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. Um, but we, uh, I brought him out on stage with me because, you know, you were talking earlier about how dad looks so much younger than he actually is. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, you know, quip at that point. I think he's an alien. Uh, he or he sleeps in a vat of formaldehyde that I never see. <laughs> right. But um, there's just I'm just happy that I got his genetic code, and so hopefully I will age as gracefully. Um, but I'm coming up on 60 years old, and I had a an experience um, the night of May 24th of this year that fundamentally changed everything. I was uh, between halfway and two thirds of the way through. Uh, the second of three screenplays that I have people waiting for in Hollywood. Um, we're making movies out of my books. And, um, you know, this is a really important thing for me to be doing, and I've been working on it for a year and a half, almost two years, and, um, you know, putting my vision down in writing, and then we transcribe it into an official Hollywood screenplay. And, you know, we're moving forward with this, and everything came to an abrupt halt at about 2.30 in the morning on the night of May 24th. Um, And I had an experience in my bedroom. Uh, I had come back from Georgia. I had been here in Georgia for about seven weeks uh, in the late winter and early spring uh, to help after a, a decimating winter that did a ton of damage to... Uh, my mom's property. 
Uh, it was awful. How many tree limbs down? How much damage done? It was just awful. And it took weeks and weeks to get it all cleaned up. And it's a couple of acres, which is actually quite large when you're doing it by hand and with a little John Deere oh, mower. Geez. And I had, I hurt myself so bad, Scott. I hurt myself so badly that I was grateful for the seven-hour ride home just in one position when I drove back to Florida. And for weeks, I crawled around the house um, so terribly injured. My dad kept saying, let me take you to the chiropractor. I said, I don't want to be touched. I cannot be touched. The pain was awful. I was living on Motrin. Uh, it was um, a very difficult time in my life. And I don't know what I did to my lower lumbar region, but I had injured it before in my life, and it always healed. And uh, this time it did not, and I was in agony. So... Um, that night, something happened in my room, and uh, whoever it was that came to me thought I was asleep. I'm sure that I appeared to be completely asleep, and the bottom part of my bed, the mattress compressed in the far corner, and I didn't move. I didn't bat an eyelash. I, I thought it might be April mm -hmm. uh, that I was having a visit from my sister. Uh, but all of a sudden, my feet got as hot as if they had just been, um, as if someone had been sliding them into an active kiln. Um, heat like I've never felt in my life. Uh, something that in this dimension would have caused any human being to be screaming and writhing in pain. But it didn't hurt. And then uh, a, a kind of pressure was exerted upon my feet and then up my legs, and it seemed to be crawling up my body at a very measured, deliberate, precise pace, very scientific in nature, like going into a, an, a very elaborate MRI machine. Mm -hmm. um, when it got to just below my rib cage, I had a moment of panic because it felt like a hot liquid that my body was being encased as though I was in some sarcophagus uh, in what had to have been a very compressed hot liquid. And I rose up on my left elbow uh, right away and turned and looked, and I had the TV on. I was The reason I was awake, I was listening to an interview, and but I my eyes were closed, and I'm sure I appeared to be asleep, and there seemed to be an oops moment uh, when I moved, the progression stopped and then began immediately to recede at exactly the same speed that it had uh, climbed my body. Uh, when it left my body, the bed rose back up, so whatever was on it was quite heavy. Uh, and then I was hit with a wave of fatigue me to lay my head down and I didn't wake up until almost noon the next day. And when I did, I was able to hop out of bed like a teenager. All the pain in my body was completely and utterly gone. Thank God. Wow. Now, that moment of fear that I had was because whatever was climbing up me, I did not want to cover my head. I had that just that moment, um, which I'm kind of ashamed to say. Because as familiar as I am with uh, extraterrestrials, with what I call the galactic family, I, I probably should not have been afraid, but I thought that I was being taken. 
uh, and I didn't want whatever it was that I felt to cover my mouth and my nose. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I popped up the way that I did. But uh, I was, there's no question in my mind that I was just knocked out afterwards and the job got finished. And from uh, a disc that was problematic and no longer is in my neck, all the way through my torso, down my injured hips, uh, the knee that always swelled on the left side and my injured ankle uh, on the left side, everything has been completely, all the injuries that I've sustained over a lifetime have been healed and I feel like I'm 20 years old again. And it hasn't escaped the notice of anyone mm -hmm. who knows me or sees me in person, how different I look. Andrew, and this is a, a about, this is such an interesting story. Uh, Preston Dennett is just completing the revamping of his earlier book called UFO Healings. Um, mm -hmm. My good friend uh, John Salter, now known as Hunter Gray, details his 1988 close encounter experiences where he received a number of interactions that benefited and augmented his life and his health. Uh, your, your story is important, not only for a, a, in a personal way, but it's important in a larger sense because these interactions that are positive, beneficial, that life-affirming, we don't hear a lot of because there is so much negative press I think nefariously aimed at the UFO yeah. community and at the public at large that somebody wants us to think of these visitors as being up to no good, out to get us, uh, and your story is totally different from that. And I welcome visitations. I've had them before. I've had healings before, but this was very compelling and and life-altering for me so for a few weeks every scrap of paper every napkin in a restaurant everywhere i went everything i did i kept paper and pen with me and one concept one notion one idea one feeling one memory after another after another after another it was like a deluge. It was like the floodgates had been opened in my consciousness, and I remembered everything of, of import that had happened to me over the course of my lifetime since my first conscious interaction at age 13. And so approaching 60 in another month, uh, I think um, it was uh, almost like a a grand flashback over my whole life and I wrote everything down and I wrote it down and wrote it down and I mean there were scraps of paper all over my bedroom all over the mam cave I mean they were just everywhere and I gathered them all up and uh, two months ago today I opened up a word document and before the day was over I had my title I had my index I had all the chapters uh, put in place, and I had begun writing the rough draft, which start to finish took about three weeks. Um, I've since augmented it with uh, some uh, prized photographs of vessels that I've taken over the years uh, to go along with the stories, and I basically share everything of any significance that's happened 
to me over the course of my lifetime, as well as whatever insights I've gathered uh, through my interactions with what I do not perceive to be any more alien to this planet than we are, uh, and who I refer to as my galactic family. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the world religious spiritual teachings at their core talk about the oneness that we are created by a energy that we use various terms to call God, creator, source. And if we, if we realize that connection, then we are brothers and sisters, which includes, as you just said, our galactic family. And in, in our, as humanity's limited way of understanding this connection, I can only imagine how much more deeply felt and ingrained it is by this galactic family who've had a chance to experience and live through all those steps in their rise of their own civilization uh, and to have moved through those understanding that they are connected to this source just as we are. Um, The new book is called A Wonder to Behold, Guideposts for Intergalactic Engagement with Humanity. And I understand that a friend of ours wrote a back jacket blurb for you. She did. And it's it's such a a glowing endorsement that I can't, uh, I don't even possess enough ego to read it aloud. It's such a lovely, lovely thing that Paula Harris did for mm-hmm. me. Um, I sent her some excerpts of the book and asked her if she would be interested uh, in writing something for me to put on the back cover. Uh, you know, I kept it, kept it, you know, free and loose and... Uh, whatever um, you want and if you want you know I gave her an out you don't have to do this I know you're traveling I know you're busy and she wrote back to me immediately and she said let me get back to you in a few days and she read what I sent her Uh, and the first thing she did was she sent me back one of the lines from my own book and I thought well that's interesting I guess she was you know, questioning it or was taken by it or what. Um, But I didn't know there was no explanation. It was just the line from the book. And then about 15 minutes later comes this incredible, (laughs) she's so lovely, just incredible endorsement um, where she, you know, basically uh, describes me as uh, the avant-garde of the... um, transition of humanity into higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. After after we work through the nuts and bolts UFO reports and we get to a point where we've had our fill and we know that there's something going on, that there's a mystery afoot, there are those among us and you would be one of the leading candidates that then our perspective shifts to the idea of consciousness. How is it that we are connected to these visitors, these beings, 
what do we share, what is dissimilar, um, what is a purpose for this, and if we understand it happening today, what does that mean or indicate for tomorrow? And you're one of those people that can amply talk about this. So I wonder if your experiences on the farm was in a way the, the preparation for this. Yes, I absolutely agree with that premise. Um, and it took me years of, you know, my own personal spiritual evolution and my own uh, series of incidents of conscious contact to put those pieces of the puzzle together. Uh, I do believe that there is a point of correlation and integration uh, with all things, but in particular, my ability to interact with uh, my space family is uh, directly tied to my ability to see spirit. Uh, now, that's not to uh, intimate that everyone who is connected to the galactic family has necessarily uh, been the recipient of paranormal activity in their home or that, you know, they've ever been uh, directly touched by spirit. Uh, it, it might not work in the reverse. I don't know. All I know is that by my what some would consider overexposure to uh, and growing up in a supremely haunted house, I was able to see interdimensionally. And then later, uh, late into the first year that we lived at the farm, I saw a flotilla of ships pass directly over it. And that changed everything. That was my personal paradigm shift mm -hmm. uh, back in 1971 or two. I'm not sure. I have to go back and check. Oh, I'm getting so old. Um, but anyway, um, I was just 13. I just turned, I was 13 years old when it happened. And um, there were 10,000 reports uh, along the eastern seaboard of that sighting, but it went over the heads of 60 million people. Um, so why did some people see it and some not? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer is that some people could see it and some couldn't, or they decided who was going to see it mm -hmm. and who wouldn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that might be how this works. I really do, Scott. I think this might be how it works, is that those of us that are connected, that are here on this planet with purpose and reason, with a very specific mission uh, to kind of spread the word about what's really going on in the universe, um, that we're the ones that had this um, encounter. And what I saw was staggering. What I saw was massive. It was like an upside-down city uh, with protrusions along the center bottom of the main vessel, like really like upside-down skyscrapers with lights in them. I mean, it was just absolutely stunningly beautiful. And it was surrounded by probably two dozen vessels that were all perfectly geometric in form, each one, uh, that, that traveled uh, in tandem 
with it, never deviated in any way from uh, their position beside it and passed over the house so low that it, they, the whole flotilla blocked the sun. And it blew my mind wide open. It blew my mind in a way that nothing ever has or I think ever will. Once I saw that, everything changed. And I realized mm -hmm. that not only were we, was there something beyond our mortal existence, it was the, the prime realization that we are not alone in the universe. There was no question in my mind that what passed over that farmhouse was meant for me to see. I was the only one out in the yard. I don't remember how I got out in the yard or why I was outside by myself, but I was, and I'm the only one that saw it, and it changed everything. And I feel blessed. I feel so blessed that I had that experience at such a young age that it opened me up to other experiences and the accumulation and the culmination of what I've experienced thus far. I have put on um, uh, unabridged into this book. Uh, and there will be things in there that people find controversial. There will be things in the book that people find inspirational. And there will be things in the book that people find utterly, utterly unbelievable and I'm prepared for that I accept it uh, I even embrace it because I think skepticism is a driving force in terms of our own uh, conscious curiosity our ability to process information and it's that that seeking you know the the seers and and the seekers of the world uh, are what uh, provide the forward momentum in this field and many more. But uh, this is my experience shared in a very open way, almost as a love letter and uh, in appreciation to them. And in fact, the book is dedicated to them because I would not have done this. I would not have swept aside the biggest project of my life to take two months to open a vein about all of my extraterrestrial encounters throughout the course of my life. If I was not compelled to do so, if I was not directed to do so, the messages were clear. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Folks, this, so is, I did. this is Andrea Perron, P-E-R-R-O-N. She's written a trilogy of books called House of Darkness, House of Light, detailing her family's extensive multi-year experience in a haunted farmhouse and she's been talking about a brand new book that is just being finished called a wonder to behold guideposts for intergalactic engagement with humanity uh, you've heard andrea talk about some of her farmhouse experiences growing up you've heard her mentioned some things behind this book and the writing behind it what I think, Andrew, we've learned so far is that upon death, consciousness continues. What we know as being that real part of each one of us continues despite physical death. And I think we've learned 
And we know more deeply now that because of your work and your testimony, that we're not alone in the universe, that when we stand out quite literally and we look at all the stars and think about the multitudes of dimensions, that there are other sentient beings <laughs> that may well be looking right back at us through that same prism with the same sense of wonder that we look outwards with. Um, yes. How did I do to encapsulate two of the, of the takeaways that I've gotten so far? Did I do good? Yes, you did. Uh, I think that um, I think they know us better than we think they do. Uh, based on my experiences with uh, telepathic interaction, uh, the series of incessant downloads that I received, having been checked a number of times for tinnitus, I will tell you that... Um, First of all, there's absolutely nothing wrong with my hearing. And second, after the uh, healing event, which occurred in May, my hearing has become all but supersonic. Uh, I can hear uh, a, a creature 20 feet away from me nibbling on a leaf in the, the heart of one of my plants. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really rather shocking uh, that at my age... Uh, that my hearing has been enhanced rather than decreasing. Um, so I'm very grateful for that aspect of it as well. But I think that the reason that it has is because it's in preparation for what's to come. And I can't, in good faith, sit here and tell you that I know what's to come because I don't. But what I suspect is to come is that um, sooner rather than later... And by that, I mean much sooner rather than later. Um, we're going to start um, having sightings worldwide that are happening um, with a great many more people at one time than, um, than has been occurring. Most of the visitations have been happening to uh, single individuals or to small groups of individuals. Um, and we just know that from the history and, and the research and the MUFON reports and, you know, everything, the cumulative body of evidence uh, over the course of decades. Uh, this is not something that the government can hide indefinitely. I agree with you that, you know, uh, retaining power is really all that matters. That's all that that's the bottom line. That's the. The reason why so much information has been withheld from us, um, but the messages that I'm receiving are to forgive them, to just simply forgive them, and that in the process of raising that vibration, of, of changing that, that energy around this from being angry and negative and um, um, not trusting the powers that be uh, that retain so much of the evidence in secret uh, that by simply forgiving them that it will loosen the reins um, and give them the benefit of the doubt that they were doing what they thought was in our best interest um, as a civilization, as a race worldwide, not just as Americans. Um, 
you know, the uh, official disclosure, quote unquote, that happened uh, on December 16th of last year when uh, the, you know, the word was out, as it were, directly through the Department of Defense about this anomalous vehicle that was followed off the southern coast of California uh, and jets were scrambled off the USS Nimitz and it was followed and it went from 60,000 feet to 50 feet above the water and then cloaked and uh, there were just shimmers of, of energy movement on the surface of the water but nobody could see the vessel. Uh, you know, that's, um, I, I made about a week later, I made a video because, you know, I'm like, okay, here it is. We have official disclosure from the federal government. Okay, uh, does anybody have anything to say about this? Uh, why is there no reaction to this when all the major media groups picked it up, even if they did so reluctantly? And so I put out this video and I said, okay, here's what's really going on, okay? What they gave us was a snowflake on an iceberg the size of Antarctica. That's what they gave us. So it really only qualifies as a deflection technique. They want us to all look over here so that what's really happening over here, nobody's paying any attention to. Uh, and my focus uh, is on what's happening over here. Mm -hmm. And what I see happening is um, a, a vast influx of vessels that are coming in to not only our our region of space, but are coming into our atmosphere, that are coming in uh, for a landing. I've seen uh, a vessel land not, I don't think it came down more than maybe three miles away from this house um, last, uh, just before Christmas. Let me and I detailed that in my book. Andrea, let me pick that up right after this break here. Let me let me pick okay, up that conversation sure. right there. Can you stay around for about 10 more minutes? Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. I do go on. You do have to stop me. <laughs> we'll be. No, you okay. stay right there. Uh, it's a pleasure and an okay. honor to have you here. We're talking with Andrea Perrin, and she's the author of a brand new book, as well as that trilogy that is on a, a must-read list, House of Darkness, House of Light. And that's the website, House of Darkness. HouseOfLight.com. Uh, we've got some people here to thank. Randy, uh, Mr. Anonymous, Lisa, Robert, and Jack. We've raised just a few bucks shy of 500 Our goal is $1,500. That's $1,000 to raise. And we can do it with your help. So what you've heard Andrea Perrin say so far, did you get this? That upon death, the real you continues. Did you hear her say that there are other people, other life forms, other sentient beings that exist besides here on planet Earth that were being visited, that she's had direct contact? Did you hear her talk about the experience where suddenly her health and vitality has been renewed through this interaction? I know a lot of you folks heard this because you're listening right now to my words. This is what we offer you on the Exploring Unexplained Phenomena program. We need to have you now show us some love and appreciation through your donation to KZUM Radio. So any amount benefits the station, $60, $89.30, that's a nice level, $100, $120, 
You can make these monthly payments. 120 a year is 10 bucks a month. Show us your love by giving us a call at 402-474-5086, extension 1. That number again is 402-474-5086. Lynn Fisher is here. He's taken time out from his morning to answer phones. Thank you, Lynn, very much. Uh, Colleen and Jim are here. My sidekicks, as always, I appreciate you guys. Andrea Perron, I mean, she's finishing a book, and she takes time to be with mm -hmm. us here. So, folks, show us your appreciation. How about that phone call now as we go to break? 402-474-5086. dudes and dudettes, it's Carol Griswold from Women's Blues and Boogie on your community radio station, 89.3 FM, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for This Week in Lincoln comes from The Bay, The Bourbon Theater, Duffy's Tavern, and The Zoo Bar. This is live music happening this week in Lincoln. Today, Saturday, September 8th, brings Nico Case and Tao to the Bourbon Theater at 8. And the Bel Airs play the Zoo Bar at 6, followed at 9.30 by Eddie Meek. That's what's happening this week in Lincoln. You're listening to KZUM's Final Fund Drive of 2018, a week when we're counting on you to help us make our goal for the fiscal year. As we close out the year-long celebration of 40 years on the air, remember, your support makes KZUM's increasing presence in the community possible. Just this year, listener support has helped us bring over a dozen Nebraska artists to international stages at the Folk Alliance Conference and South by Southwest. Bring more free music than ever before to Stransky Park. Present Democracy Now!'s Amy Goodman in Lincoln. Schedule a community-wide arts and culture festival to celebrate our city's diversity, and so much more. Please help this work continue so that even more people in our community can come to experience their city. Donate now at kzum.org or by calling 402-474-5086, extension 1. We love it when those phones ring. Please keep them up. 402-474-5086. We love that. Keep those phones ringing. 402-474-5086. Our goal is 1500. We've raised 500. 
a thousand to go. Keep those phone lines ringing. 402-474-5086. We appreciate your support of KZUM. 40 years of being on the air. We appreciate your support directly of the Exploring Unexplained Phenomena broadcast. And we are celebrating in just about a month, 34 years of being on the air. With us is our special guest, Andrea Perrin. And Andrea's got a brand new book that she quite literally is taking time from today to be with us to finish. And the book is called A Wonder to Behold. Guideposts for Intergalactic Engagement with Humanity. She just talked before the break about seeing a ship or a craft land just a few miles away from her. Andrea, can you pick it up at at that point? Well, you know, I had not shared this event publicly, um, either on television or radio interviews. Uh, This was something that I kept close to the vest. Uh, it was almost like I needed to take this year, almost year, uh, to process it. Uh, but it happened last December. Um, and uh, just a, a two or three days before Christmas, and I was up here in Georgia doing what I could to bring some festivities to an otherwise uh, somber environment. Um, no, it was our first Christmas without April, and my mom was really struggling. And so uh, I came early to do what I could. And I was out one night, uh, and Mom and Christine had both uh, retired for the night. But um, I never, I'm a night owl. I never really go to bed early. And I stepped outside onto the carport, but I was so deeply fatigued that I, I couldn't even look up. I mean, I just, I didn't even, I always look at the sky, but I didn't. I was just sitting in a chair, kind of hanging over, looking down at my feet. But something said, look up. And I looked through the barren branches of the oak tree and the Rose of Sharon bush, and there was a blue fuzzy point of light out in the sky that seemed to be moving in unusual ways. And at first, because of its movements, I thought perhaps it was a drone, Uh, but it was a very unusual color. It was uh, very fuzzy in appearance, and it was going from, you know, blue to lavender to purple back to blue. You know, it had all these different tones in it. Um, So I stepped out of the carport out into the side yard so I could look at it more closely past the bushes that were up close to the house. And all of a sudden, it took off like a bullet. It took off and went way far out. I mean, like, wow, out, and then back within a second. And I said, okay, so, all right, we've determined now that this is not a drone. No drone does this. Um, And every time a plane would come through from Hartsfield, it would kind of tuck back down underneath out of sight behind the tree line and then as soon as the plane came left uh out of sight it would come back and would reemerge, and then it blew up into a uh, a very large uh ball of light and then it would recede back down and then it would start moving towards it I, i'm talking to it at this point i mean i've engaged 
and it starts moving towards the airport. And I'm like, you don't want to go over to the airport. Believe me, somebody will see you. They got cameras there everywhere. It turn, it stops, it turns around, it comes back into my direct line of sight. And then it turns into what looks like a spiked diamond on either end. It draws up into a diamond shape, but with shards of light coming out all around it. And at the base of it, four huge lights come out and flip out from the base of this thing and then shoot out blue. It looks like blue flame or blue something that came to a point and it starts descending into a nearby cow pasture. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is actually happening. I'm actually standing here watching this happen. This is happening. Uh, it was an amazing, brilliant thing to see. But then I got a little aggravated with him. You know, I said, look, it's freezing out here. I'm not going to go hunting for the car keys. I don't know what cow pasture you're landing in. I'm not going to find you. I got two acres right here. Land here. You know, <laughs> and then I realized that this is a neighborhood that's busy enough that there would be some scrutiny involved with something that size landing here. So what they did was they landed in a way where they were safe from said scrutiny, but I had a perfect bird's eye view of the landing. Mm -hmm. It was, I felt very much like it was done from on my behalf for mm -hmm. me, uh, contact directly with me. Um, and, um, and I was, uh, I'm, I'm beholden, I'm humbled, uh, and I'm, uh, deeply appreciative of the attention that they pay me. Uh, it means the whole world to me. I've included virtually every major significant event that has occurred over the course of my lifetime. Um, and they helped me remember all the important stuff. You know, I've seen a million lights in the sky. I've seen hundreds of vessels, hundreds and hundreds of vessels over the course of my life. Um, and so picking and choosing what I went for was what had the most visceral, heartfelt impact on me. What were the uh, interludes, the episodes, and the encounters that changed my life? And that's what I put in the book. And I hope people love it. I hope that it opens minds and, and tugs at hearts and makes them feel this higher love that I feel mm -hmm. for those that have traveled distances beyond our comprehension to be here and to watch over us at a critical time in the evolution of human history. Mm -hmm. I, my, my experience, Andrea, I had in 1974 um, has been a marker transcendent experience for me that no matter what has happened over the years, sometimes feeling like my back is up against the proverbial wall if I can think about that 1974 sighting, that experience, it puts all the other stuff in a much more mundane place. I can handle things. I can go on. So this is one of the things I think that our peak transcendent experiences give us is a way to say, okay, I've got to deal with this other stuff in humanity, the day-to-day -day stuff. But there are those of us that have been touched in a special way that we're able to use that to, at times, raise above some of our, our trouble, some of our uh, challenges. I don't know if I'm being eloquent enough to, to, to say what, I, what I'm trying to get at, but 
it sounds like you've had a, a myriad number of those. I have, and I think you're absolutely right, Scott. Uh, these are transcendent experiences. But I also firmly believe that, you know, if, if we trust the source of our information, that we can learn from the experience of others. One of the things that I do in the book is spend a chapter um, teaching people how to see interdimensionally. Uh, and when I do my little primer, when I take groups out and introduce them uh, to the galactic family, it's only five or ten minutes. But I show them how to look at the sky. It's almost like a guided meditation. And I included it in the book because I want people to be able to make that that pure heart connection. This isn't about what we think. It's about how we feel. And when we, when we elevate ourselves, and allow our vi vibration to rise into the same realm and to, you know, to resonate at the same tonal frequency as those that have come and who love us and who watch over us and who are, quite frankly, very concerned about us. When we put ourselves on that plane and maintain that intention, uh, it changes everything in your life. And I know you know that. When we're together, I look in your eyes and I see the whole universe. You've seen the universe, Scott. You've, you've been out. You know what's beyond us. And just the way you comport yourself, just the way your thought process evolves. Uh, I so enjoy spending this time with you, my friend. You are an, a truly exceptional man. And I do hope that everyone listening does whatever they can to uh, continue to support your efforts to bring this remarkable show out onto the air uh, every week. It's, uh, it's a real contribution. And, That's very um, kind of you. Thank you. I, I just I want you to know, uh, get in touch with me later and, and let me know where I can send a check because I would like to personally contribute to the ongoing efforts um, made on behalf of all of humanity that come right out of your own studio. Thank you so much, Andrea. Uh, a Wonder to Behold, the new book by Andrea Perrin, and how can people learn more about this? Well, um, I would say just follow me on Facebook. Uh, as soon as the publisher gives me my release date, which I think will be within the next two to three weeks, um, it will be available for pre-order on Amazon, I would say probably within the next 10 days. Okay. And, uh, and I'm already taking personalized orders for, you know, the first printing, the first edition. Uh, it's because I'm publishing this on my own with my publisher, working directly with my publisher. This isn't um, a kind of first printing, first edition thing, but this is the first incarnation of this book. Mm -hmm. It is certain to change over time as, you know, remarkable things need to be added to it. But uh, this is my uh, foray into the field of ufology in, uh, in a big way, a real true leap of faith for me. Thank you for taking time, Andrea, to be with us and appreciate your warm words. All the best to you and your mother and sisters there at your gathering in Georgia. And give my best to Roger. I surely will, and I'm sure he extends the same to you. He thinks the world of you. And if you see some of our, our visitor friends, put in a good word for me as well. 
Oh, absolutely. I'll do it right now. <laughs> God bless you always. Uh, love you, sweetheart. You take good care. Thank you for inviting me on your brilliant show today. I appreciate it. Our main guest has been Andrea Perron, P-E-R-R-O-N. You can follow her on Facebook, and uh, you'll find out more about her new book that's scheduled just for weeks from now. And she broke a lot of that information on our show today, and thank you. Um, we're at the tail end of Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. My thanks to Lynn Fisher. And Lynn, are you going to the game today? I'm not. Okay, so you're not going to the game, but we hope that Nebraska triumphs over Colorado. <laughs> our official first glimpse at what Scott Frost has done as our new head coach. And we're all excited for it. Colleen, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Well, just got um, housework to do. Got to make dinner. Um, probably check out that event tomorrow evening. Because I know, because the, the funny thing is that um, if I tell my, my brother that there's going to be a Russian guy in town, he's going to be like, I want to meet this guy. <laughs> Take me to meet him. I need to meet him. He's a big fan of russian jets and russian tanks it's kind of mm -hmm. it's kind of funny because he's like i have a friend that's like that. yeah he's yeah. like i love these these jets these jets are awesome and i'm like if i could break in she's <laughs> talking about um there's going to be a in macy nebraska on monday a meet and greet with the soviet researcher dr igor burtsev b-u-r-t-s-e-v this will be at the Macy, Nebraska Big Elk Campgrounds, 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock on Monday. And he's a uh, Russian Bigfoot and hominoid researcher. Dr. Igor Burtsev at the Macy, Nebraska Big Elk Campgrounds, 5 to 6 p.m. on Monday. Jim, what are you doing today? Uh, well, I'm going to stay inside away from the football traffic <laughs> and, uh, uh, actually this is route 66 on the air week on the ham radio band so oh, i'll boy. be chasing stations operating up and down route 66 from chicago to california okay. that's that's a lot of fun get your year. kicks on route 66 get your kicks on route 66 <laughs> hey thank you uh colleen and jim for being here lynn fisher thank you very much yeah. and Thanks, guys lynn. and gals out there um brandy mr anonymous lisa robert Jack and me Jim thank you Jan we put our money where our mouth is here on this program we've raised six hundred and twenty two dollars and twenty cents you can still make your donation at 402-474-5086 and we appreciate um, deeply your appreciation of KZUM and of our work Thanks to Andrea Perron today for taking time from completing a book to be with us. And guys and gals, if for no other reason, from what you heard today, we have a lot to look forward to. Think about the, what Andrea talked about today. I'll see you guys and gals next week for more Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Vic is up next with Mesoterra. The phone number for donations, 402-474-5086. Thanks for listening. Until next week, walk in beauty.